Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. I hope you can hear me. I'm on a goose we can hear you. headset. Hello. Okay. Hello. Hello. That's a welcome. Welcome. Everybody knows how to reach us, so let's just go. <laughs> Good evening. That's awesome. Good evening. It's great to hear your voice, Miss Brianna. I tell you, you the school you. kicked off for you. School kicked off. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, oh, absolutely. Well, that's, that's good. Very, very good. Well, the, the children, tell us what grades everybody is in. Oh, we, we have, have a senior yet? in high school. Oh, yeah, my we have a goodness. senior, a junior, oh, and a wow. preschooler who I'm uh, keeping please. with me. <laughs> very wow. good. That's the way you that's do that. Awesome. Can you that believe it? A yeah. senior in high school. Oh, my goodness. Do we know where we're going to college? We don't. We are working on getting motivated. She gets offers, yes. offers, offers from you know sure. college after college. She's got scholarship money. She's brilliant. She's got yeah. little motivation at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It, it'll come. It'll come. Well, <laughs> She's an upset artist all the time. <laughs> Great. Well, we want to welcome everybody to Marvelous Monday. It is truly a marvelous day. So much is going on in our nations. I don't know about you guys, but I've been a little bit glued to the television uh, from nine from nine eleven to uh, uh, the Queen Mother uh, passing away. Um, and so we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what is going on around the world. I actually invited a couple of our friends from last week uh, to come back, uh, but I'm not, I did not really, I, I just thought about doing it just a few minutes ago, so I have not gotten a response back from them. If they come in, uh, both of which are from, um, uh, from uh, the continent of Africa. So, oh, very good. Uh, so, as you know, yes, you missed the treat last week, uh, uh, Dr. Hagney. They were on, oh. and uh, in particular, yes, Udafi, uh, Nate Udafi, he was outstanding. And so I talked about, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that we truly live in a global society, and uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing business uh, all over the world, uh, and particularly mm-hmm. um in South Africa and West Africa and all over the continent. So, um, wow, that's you, awesome. That's you can't awesome. Tell Mr. Nate was was actually born uh, in um, in Nigeria, and so was mm. uh, Emmanuel, born in Nigeria. Emmanuel lives here in the city of Tyler. You'll have to meet him. And then mm. uh, Nate is on the East Coast and uh, works uh, hand in hand with uh, helping veterans. To uh, to get uh, funding to whatever their projects are uh, to to move forward in in their businesses mm. or start businesses. That's awesome. uh, yes, it, it was just it was outstanding. So uh, let's see, if Mr. Arthur is Mr. Arthur here yet? And Pastor Cooper? No. 
They're not okay. Well, not yet. Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, there he is. Hello. Yes, how are you doing? Yes, coming. how are you coming. doing? Yes, come right on <laughs> in. How are you doing, Pastor Cooper? Yes, wonderful, yes, yes, yes. Right, right. Well, excellent, so Mr. Arthur is the, is the last one. So we're going to kick off. With, of course, we always start with <laughs> uh, with our COVID. Let me just tell you, uh, Dr. Hagney, uh, I was around people. Now, I, I say it was around them. I really was not. But uh, but we had 12 or so people to get COVID last week um, that attended a funeral. And uh, from that funeral, 12 people uh, got COVID. And then a few more people, I was told, got it um, on Friday. So, you know, we, we're doing the uh, the new vaccines at our church this Hell coming yeah. Saturday. Yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and we need it because all of these people I'm talking about come straight out of my church. So, mm. so wow. anyways, that, yes, that's that. So I try to steer clear as much as I, I possibly can. I went to, I, obviously I got the Moderna. So I went to, to see if I could get the Moderna and, um, it was all sold out. They in one week, every one of the shots that every one of the doses that they received in the CVS, because the CVS is giving Moderna, and then uh, Pfizer is being given by uh, Walgreens. So they had some uh, some Pfizer at Walgreens, but all of the Moderna was sold out. So there it is. So I'm going to turn it over to you, and you want to bring us up to date. On, um, on well, anything you can, that you know in regards to COVID. Wow, you and know the, you paint you, <laughs> you, know, you paint a uh, you you paint an excellent picture of that uh, the overall problem has been going on for two and a half years now, and it's going yeah. to continue. Well, let me. Uh, well, you know we're looking at the, uh, the virus is very consistent what it's doing, and we're not consistent with what we're doing, and that's why it the virus is. is still around. And so, uh, you know, so, you know, we, thank God we have the new variants up now, uh, and people need the booster. And, you know, what's so sad, uh, the number of individuals who have not even had a three booster, like even the first booster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when you think about a country that is, is, is not, I'll tell you about the run out of money with the vaccine, but uh, yeah, it is going to be, it is going to be very, very, it is very, very interesting. Of course, now there's two variants out there, so we need to get, again, people uh, vaccinated. But also at the yeah. same time, we need to be aware of, uh, I'm excited, people looking at long-term COVID treatment, so long-term COVID risks. Uh, this is something mm-hmm. we're going to have to deal with, and people are moving forward in that area. But uh, back to, I want to congratulate your site. We set that site up this third at your, at your, at your right. facility. And so, uh, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I can't say enough about our black churches. Uh, your church and one other church up uh, Mount Pleasant and the two churches, that individual will be able to go in and get the vaccination free. It is interesting you mentioned with CVS and Walgreens experience. That's an indi- that's indication of what's going to happen probably after uh, uh, Thursday's month, because we can no longer actually set the clinics up in the church as we've been setting them up uh, this uh, September. There, we had two scheduled in October. We had to cut. We had to cancel them call the uh, question about the availability. Of course, NetHealth said that we'd be running out of vaccines here, so 
what you just experienced mm-hmm. and talk. And also, when you talk about people think you can Walgreens and the Echoes uh, will suffice for the pharmacy availability. As you well mm-hmm. know, Dr. Gay, on our staff, this is a Thursday pharmacy desert. It is frightening to think about the distance between pharmacies and also availability, but that's just going to be a problem. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, the, the uh, variants are on. We, uh, now, of course, like I said, I hope we only have two clinics. I wish we had more than that, but for, they can get the, the free vaccinations um, uh, this this month. And so uh, we're hoping we can work with the health department to continue these at our churches in the future. But I, our church hubs have been a godsend. And so I'm just thankful for that. And, and also bringing attention to the long-term uh, uh, risk of COVID. Uh, and so and I'm glad they're looking at that. because that is, a, that is a lingering problem. That's a long-term problem. So we need to address mm-hmm. that. So that's where we are. We, uh, you know, the mouth okay. to have not been that. And there also there's a statement, individual who have not received the vaccine, the feeling is they will not get the booster. Uh, so it's sort of okay. a consistent uphill battle we're going through. But, again, those guidelines, individuals, uh, what you need to do and your family need to do. And I tell everybody, all the all the events are, are spread events, whether it be a film, reunion, whatever. That's right. Uh, individuals right. need, need to be aware when they go in, you know, of course, safe distance and no masks. And, I, you know, we were mm-hmm. somewhere, my wife and I, we were only two people in a whole big store with masks on. So you know, we and, well, see and, that, and we're you know, required. Yes, in our church, we oh, are no, required. I'm your church, I'm telling you, I'm so impressed right. with your procedure at your church because when I go through right. these programs, I say it, it, it is impressive <laughs> to do that. And I was in a conference up in Texarkana, Arkansas, this weekend at another church site, and they had this temperature meter that you come in the door. Right. It's like when it's safe to deal, they know you're in the building. That that that. As long as tell you if your body temperature is normal, mm-hmm. if your body right. temperature is not normal, it will sound alarming. You can't even come into the audience. So there are some <laughs> people, uh, our hubs who are really, they're really focused on this. They'll stand focused on it, but then the other people just don't, you know. But then right. the virus appreciates that, and that's what we're going to be dealing with. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and now oh, another thing I need to mention to individuals. Probably by the end of September, well, by first year, these the vaccines probably will go will go commercial, and and then uh, the individuals who have insurance probably pay for those. But my concern are those individuals who are not insured. There's going to be an issue again. The availability of testing the same story in with people who aren't insured. So um, I let everybody know that by by they're discussing it now. So after this, probably after the first year, all these vaccines will will, will cost. Uh, if you have insurance or whatever like that, fine. But they will not be free after uh, uh, after the first year. Right. Very good. Okay. So as we know, Dr. Hagen, I also tech, heard. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. That's good. Well, oh. I, I was just saying that I also heard that if you hadn't had all four shots, that they're not giving you the new variant of uh, the new vaccine. Uh, right. I don't know. Right. I'll call health officials there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you haven't, uh, because you know it's sort of, you know, it's sort of. If you haven't, if you haven't taken the third or first booster, they're not going to give the the last one to you, because they, there's so many people who have not taken the third, the three shot, the third, mm-hmm. the first booster. So they need to get those people. You know, because what basically these uh, 
these new variants are going to have people who are uh, uh, are in need priority for those, and which uh, that's what it's designed for. And so individuals who have not gotten that first, that first boost or are still waiting on that third vaccination, uh, it's going to be, there will be sites you may still get those, but should they boost, so they're not supposed to give the uh, advanced boosters to someone who have not had the first booster. Okay, so so in Texas and the last couple of days, uh, the record shows that we have 18 million uh, people who are fully uh, vaccinated in Texas, and uh, we got 48.3 million uh, doses that have been given, which means that we got what 60, about a little over 62 percent uh, mm-hmm. of our population that's that's completely vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But we still, but that we, need to, mean, we need to increase. Mean, we got 30 yeah. million people, right? That's that not. That. And also, I saw a report today where the uh, southern states had the lowest numbers, and uh, okay. and all the southern states and there are saying Texas number probably should be in that that number because Texas is sort of escaping that because they're not getting the test test reports. So okay. Texas and Texas sitting on that border of the the worst states with the lowest numbers in the country. I think Wyoming is worse, but then it's Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, or I think comes other. But they say in Texas just sitting on the border because no one knows exactly where the tests are in Texas. So Texas is okay. sitting on that border. Okay. Also, and one I, of the worst sites is right on the Texas. One of the worst sites is on the border there uh, near Louisiana okay. off uh, Orange, Texas. So, okay. Right. So, Ms. Rihanna, uh, Mr. Arthur said he's trying to get in, so if you can she did. do that. She <laughs> there he is. There he is. Yeah, <laughs> How are you? Okay, we're, you we're doing great. We're, we're, we're trying to get uh, people hey, vaccinated hey, thought, and hey, save their lives, hey, keep them safe. Hey, I, thought it was, I, I thought it was Doc and, I thought it was Doc and Mike uh, trying to do some payback. You know, they wasn't, you know, they didn't <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> cause you, you, you hey, had us all by yourself. Yeah, I had them all right. myself. Yeah. Hey, 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 Doc, let me ask you a question about the. Okay, remember, sure, remember we had that guy on that night talking about immunity, talking about, uh, talking about whoa, whoa, what was he? he was talking about group immunity. What was he saying? Remember we had to run him off the show? Remember the guy that was. <laughs> hey, hey, herd immunity, herd immunity. Yeah, herd immunity. Herd, yeah, herd, yeah, herd immunity. Herd, herd, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc, what about herd immunity? We, 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 what's the effect of Do we have herd immunity yet? Why is folks still no. getting that we got herd? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's back. That's back to when you look at those on. You look at the uh, what happens in vaccines, and also look at look at the minority the numbers who have not been vaccinated. That was an early discussion, early desire that we would get enough people, individuals vaccinated, that you would develop that immunity, and hopefully the antibodies will react to that. But what's killing that is the like we said, uh, so many people are unvaccinated, and uh, and also what's breaking through is uh, the the uh, these viruses are breaking through in individuals who've been vaccinated. In other words, that antibody right. level right. is not lasting as long as has anticipated, and that's what that's also what's creating that other problem. That's also why the new variants mm-hmm. are prior to prior to protecting, targeting those individuals who the, the antibody levels are winning. Hmm, that's sure. interesting because uh, everybody, every all of those people that I just mentioned early on in the show, they're all were, were vaccinated people. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. 
Can, can we go to the VA and get the latest shot? Is it is the latest one ready, or how's that? No, yes. What's going on well, with that? Yes, yes. Well, That's what we, we were covering. If you, yeah, if you've had the <laughs> prior booster, the third shot, the answer is yes. But if you were one of those individuals who were waiting on your third shot and hadn't had your first booster, it probably would not give you the new variant. If you, 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 okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and get my other one. But you know what? I've seen a lot of people walking around like they uh, like they in the herd. You know, I mean, it, it's well, I, like, I, it is shocking. It is shocking. Yeah, You know, they herd immunity conversation. Look here, they herd immunity conversation. They think, because, you know, folks have been mis- misinformation the whole time. Now they thinking, mm-hmm. well, you know, we got herd immunity. Now I ain't got to take it now because we got herd immunity. I mean, I'm just saying. That's what people, you know, this, this well, this, yeah. well, what do you know? Herd immunity means that a lot more people need to get vaccinated or a lot of people have gotten vaccinated and they right. want more people vaccinated. Well, let, exactly. let me just tell you that those those long haulers will tell you, you don't want COVID. You don't want it, period. And, exactly. and, and you, I'm, I mean, and the person that was, that I had to move way to another side was coughing and coughing. And even though that person is no longer, she, she's uh, running a negative test, but mm-hmm. she has a continuous, continuous cough. I yep. mean, just an uncomfortable just to hear her barking. Deep, it almost sounds like a, sounds like a bark. You don't want COVID, I'm just telling you. You don't want it. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That is a... Like I said, there is good, good there looking at the research along the depression, all that's involved. Most of the, like most of something you hear now, there there actually are the the long the long haulers there. So it yeah. we have we have a problem. We have a problem. And, yeah. I'm sorry. Who started back too? Remember, so you know you had a lot of kids giving to their parents. I got because that ain't COVID though. But so, it, 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 so it, this last blue. one is. I'm sorry. This last one is for. Uh, the variants, the uh, the BA uh, mm-hmm. four and BA point uh, five variants. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why mm-hmm. Dr. Hagney is saying if you haven't had your third and fourth booster, uh, you're not going to get uh, that uh, this new uh, this new uh, variant, this new uh, uh, vaccine that right. just came out. Just came out last week, and I was telling him, Mr. Arthur, uh, in one week. Uh, the Moderna was all gone in one week uh, here in Tyler at the CVS. The uh, Walgreens are giving the Pfizer, and uh, the Moderna is being given by the CVS. And apparently the bulk of the people have been getting Moderna because it went like hotcakes. Are you saying that if you, if you haven't taken – just like I've had all of my shots right now, but if you haven't taken them all, and you decided you have you have, you have taken none of them, you say, okay, I'm gonna go get this latest one. You're saying you can't get the latest one unless you other one. Not, oh, no, 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 not gonna happen. No, no, not gonna happen. Some people say four shots. Can't get four. Agnes saying three shots. Our county is well, saying four shots because four, like four Dr. Shots. Uh, it's, it's four, four it's shots. Four, yeah, our county also yeah. said four shots. Yeah, exactly. and so they're not going to let you have that one. Well, they, they, uh, well, well, the, the other one. Well, 
Well, well, that's you know, the other problem is availability. Well, see, that's why exactly. I'm so excited. So about you need our, to hurry up. That's that's why I'm so excited about our church hubs. You know, the two last sites, and of course, that's your site. The other site uh, is two last sites here, and that we can actually give them totally free this month. The uh, the October one cut off, but uh, yeah. So after uh, well, these two. It's going to be difficult. Hopefully, maybe through the health department, we might can still work out some working with your local sure. health department's availability, just depending on where they right. decide to let the vaccine be held. So hopefully your local, it'll probably back to your local health department that we had before, that we were doing mm-hmm. before now, and that we make it still, uh, and it's going to be through our church hubs and sites like that. Yes. Well, it's, in, and it's encumbered upon uh, our health departments to protect that's the purpose of them and purpose of public health divisions is to protect the public to make sure that we don't have outbreaks of various and sundry things from, from flu, from the flu. They're also giving that flu. They'll ask you, uh, you want your flu shot as well. And I could have actually gotten a Pfizer. I, I'm just, I'm old school. I just don't want to mix. Pfizer with Moderna. I'm going to stick with what I started out with, and so that's the only reason that um, that I did not uh, take the one at the Walgreens. Now, my husband took his fraternity brother is the uh, pharmacist uh, there at that one. He manages that one Walgreens, and he told him it would be just fine uh, if he takes Mm -hmm. it, and so he called me, and I said, well, I'm sticking with Moderna. But you can, it's a, you know, your your pharmacist, uh, fat brother knows, uh, he knows uh, medicine, and he knows what's in the uh, in the shots, but I'm sticking with Moderna. And so I'm waiting to, and hopefully they said they would get some more in this week, hopefully. And so I'm going to, I'm going to run quickly to get mine. <laughs> but anyways, that's mm-hmm. that. Anything else, Mr. Hagin, uh, uh, on that? No, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. You're going to run and get well, through. <laughs> okay. Real fast, real fast. I, I'm telling you, really, really fast. It's serious out there. Uh, I, I, I I listen to the people and the long haulers and the people that complain. I even had one, one uh, a sister said, um, uh, she says, I, I got gout. And she was the first that I heard. You may have heard that, Dr. Hagney. Uh, mm-hmm. But she was the mm-hmm. first that I heard about their issues with the gout, and she can hardly put her shoes on. And she was a young lady, very young mm-hmm. lady, uh, mm-hmm. maybe uh, early 50s, late 40s, early 50s. And so she can't put her shoes on, that she's so so uncomfortable with shoes, so uncomfortable with trying to walk. Uh, oh, yes. She said, "I yeah, yeah it's, it's really sad, it really is. So, anyways, that's that's that. That's what's going on. So we encourage people to to be safe, and if you can, go ahead and and uh, and take your uh, your injection, uh, even if you haven't started. Start. Uh, that's how you help to uh, eradicate some of this COVID that is continuing. Like everybody says, the children are back in school. So think about protecting yourself and then protecting the children and protecting family members and mothers and grandparents and and fathers and just family uh, period so with that being said let's let's move over and let's talk a little bit about uh 
what is going on in our world. We know that uh, that the monarch, the queen, uh, passed away this past Thursday. We were actually on the air uh, when when the note came in on our phones that she had uh, passed away, and uh, so we we begin to talk a little bit about. Uh, a woman reigning for seven zero years, that's seven decades, uh, in, in another country, in Great Britain. And we, uh, here in America, have still not reached uh, that level. This is a young lady who took over uh, at the uh, age of 27, and, and as she was exiting out of this world, she brought in the new prime minister who was also who is also age 27. And, uh, but can you imagine that, guys? Uh, she ran uh, Great Britain in all of the areas, uh, of the Wales and, and, oh, my goodness, Scottish, Scotland. I, I, I was looking at guys today and yesterday, last night, and, and as they were showing all of those uh, areas where she was moving from one spot to the next and, and I reflected back on um, my battle buddy. And as you know, yesterday was uh, 9-11, and that kind of snuck up on us uh, as well. But I reflected back on my battle buddy, and she and I went to all the cathedrals, and we went to Westminster Abbey, and we went to Scotland, and where we just traveled all over uh, the areas on our, our leaves uh, when we were uh, stationed overseas. So uh, seeing some of the castles that that and they're just amazing buildings is just breathtaking to even just uh, stand and watch and see uh, the the artwork and the uh, the smart uh, construction people and how they put those beautiful beautiful buildings together. So was I we're the being, only one watching? Or did, go ahead. Go ahead. We're being we're being five percent Scottish. You know, I did my You're DNA stuff. Mm-hmm. I got you yeah. beat. I'm 7% Scottish. Uh, so it's been 5% Scottish. Yeah. I want to say this. 7%. Uh, yeah. you, 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 you remember, remember Frederick Douglass' 4th of July speech? Okay, take out 4th of July and mm-hmm. put in British Strong. <laughs> okay. And basically, I'm just saying, you know, the, you know, the reality of it is she presided over a brutal, uh, heinous, some folks say evil, uh, 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 you know, empire that, that, that killed and maimed, stole, and raped everything else for, you know, all kinds of people. So while, while I'm, you know, while, you know, we are in the present moment, the bottom line mm-hmm. is that's a lesson. And that's that. And that's that. That's why a lot of these, uh, especially Caribbeans, you know, they tell them, "Hey, look at, don't come back tomorrow and give us some reparations." So okay. you know, so they don't want, they don't want to play that game. So, no so, so, so do you think? So do you think then that they will, they will get something under the new monarch? Uh, first of all, first of all, you know, the new monarch, uh, uh, Charles, him, he's hooked up in all that. Jeffrey Epstein stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. 
you know. Um, oh, I thought I thought I thought that was his brother that was hooked up in it. No, nah, you nah, tell, you're telling me he's nah. you're telling me he's hooked up in it as well. Uh, not his brother. He got a scandalous brother too. Yeah, yeah. I, I know about the brother. I'm sorry. No, he was hooked up in all that stuff too. That's what I'm saying. You, of course, you notice they notice. Well, I, you notice I heard about the, the brother. I didn't hear about Charles. I, I, I didn't hear got, about Charles either. We know they got that book, and they won't put. No, they, they won't put. They, they won't. You know, they won't. Uh, uh, you know, reveal that book. Everything else be leaking around here. Because the queen uh, stripped him of all of his rights. Correct. I mean, he brought him out of his uniform and. The, the, and Charles. So I, I read stories about Charles. I read stories about Charles. Like when they, you know, they used to, you know, they used to go to them different countries and, you know, they, you know, they were, you know, they were just having good times. And so they, they, it was just this one guy to put this story out about, you know, about him at this particular time. But I'm saying that that I found out about this brother here, the one that's the the, the, the real crazy one. I, I found out, I, I found about him, but in the last ten years. But I knew about okay. Charles. Uh, again, but you know when you run everything, when you run the world, you can just go to, you know, poor black countries and do whatever you want to. You know, you can do whatever you want to. Okay. You know, they live. But I'm just saying, I ain't celebrating that. That's just what I'm saying. You know, because the bottom line of it is, you know, they're part of the issue. They're part of the issue. And, and there, and there are a lot of people from. Uh, Jamaica, excuse me, from Nigeria and other parts of, of Africa and the world are not uh, celebrating as well. I, I'm not real big on looking at a lot of uh, social media and all of Facebook and all that, but I did uh, take a peek just to see and hear uh, comments from various and sundry people, and oh my goodness, uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, there was a lot of harsh comments and saying that she had an opportunity and she had time to make make the wrong of her uh, of her ancestors right. Mhm. So, so that's the only thing that she did was she 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 met Barack Obama. Mhm. She did. Other than that, what? I'm sorry. I said other than meeting Barack Obama, I can't think of that she did before trying to oh. make amends. Of, and, and the way they treated and the way they've been treating that daughter, that black daughter-in-law, that didn't, you know, they didn't have none either. And, and I think that's another issue, uh, and we can we can dialogue on that a little bit. I think that's one of one of the issues that uh, that some of the people were talking about on social media uh, that uh, that if if she had treated uh, Megan and her children a little differently than uh, maybe the people in Africa could accept, or some of the people who who are not accepting would accept it more if if that picture had looked a little different. So, what are your thoughts, guys? What, we, we we know we know why they colonized, and we know. Uh, that things can change. We we haven't even been able to change things in our own country in, in America, right? Well, but you know, yeah, like but to, not, go ahead, go ahead, I, go ahead. You know, that ain't the point. You know, changing things. The point is, are you trying to change things? And I'm saying she didn't try to change nothing. She went right no, along no, with her. I'm saying, 
No, the, right. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I, I threw in another little monkey wrench and I was talking to she died, they ran Pro Diana up out of it. So I'm just saying, there's some weird things going on up in there. And I'm just saying that mm-hmm. it's weird to be sitting around worshiping something like that. That's all I'm saying. Me. I, I think okay. what he's saying is, was the voice of moral authority, and, and they're one of the oldest reigning monarchs in the world that, that the world right. kind of holds to this standard. And, and they are they have not led the way in the things that we've been pushing for in America. And you think exactly. they have to be around as long as they've been, that there would be some letters of apology or reparations, mm-hmm. as I think is what I, my brother is hinting at. And I, I oh, I understand. Right. I yeah. understand fully. Yes, I agree. And and the other piece, and he touched on that, is that the manner in which Diana was treated. And so because people look at her as the real queen. You know that, right? And and they're even saying in social media today is that Diana should be sitting where where the other lady is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and note that Keith trying to say she looked like a man. I'm sorry, say again? I say, uh, I say you know, for years they've been saying she looked like a man. Look like who? She looked like a man. What's her name? What's his girl's name? Hey, What's his name? Uh, uh, Kamala Camille something. Camille? Camille. They, they are married. Uh, they're they're married. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they're married. They're, married. Oh. they're officially oh, married, okay. and, and they've accepted her. As their own. Yeah. Now, will she be yeah. the queen of something now? She is the no. queen. She's yeah, the uh, she, what she, do they call her? The con- I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, 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 if I'm having if I'm having a child, will she be the queen? Is what I'm asking. It goes oh, to the oh no! Oh no! It goes no. to the no. there. It goes to her. Her. Yeah, queen kind yeah, of. Yeah, but she won't be the title. Yeah, no, her her the son. The, the uh, William would would get the uh, would be next in oh. line. Would have to be the bloodline. Only yeah. the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They're all oh. related anyway, so it all works out. <laughs> all works I'm out. sorry, that was rude of me. <laughs> no. I hear you. Hey, Bonnie, well, I was going, Riri. How you doing? Hey, there. <laughs> doing good. How about you? All right, all right. Are you in the house? Hey. Pardon? No, it's so a in the house. Riri's in the house now. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm so happy to have you. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, but, but I'm just going to say, you know, as far as the queen them is concerned, of course, you know, that's, a, that's you know, that's that's Camelot over here or whatever, you know, but that's the American European relationship thing. You know, so uh, you know, even though they don't speak, right. even though I look at even though our white folks don't sound like theirs, you know, they still have that connection. So, so yes. I kind of see what it is, but but you got to understand that that connection is what led to the slavery over here and all that kind of stuff. So, yes. just kind of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, to say, you know, well, you know what, you know, she did be ninety six. She was a great woman. You know, well, you know, depending on where you're standing. As far as, I'm sure she's great to some people. You know what I mean? So I ain't saying well, that she ain't great. Well, everybody, you know, everybody has some some good qualities. God gave us all some good qualities, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not trying to take away uh, 
anything right. from her work and her philanthropy, whatever whatever she did uh, in her uh, in her lifetime. We're not trying to take anything away from that. What we, we're trying to analyze is uh, is the relationship that was established, or because of the colonization of Africa, and how uh, the subject is how and why in all of those years, 70 years, seven decades, that she did not try to make right the wrong that her ancestors, her, her, her fathers and her father's father. Uh, you, you, you remember Sherry um, the Falklands? You remember that? The Falklands? Remember the Falklands remember War? What? The you remember the Falklands War down there around Argentina, that island or whatever it is out there? Mm-hmm. Remember they the thought Falcon, they wanted to the bring Falcons? it? Yes. They went over there. They, they came away from Europe. Well, then, submission. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, a little bit out. They wasn't running nothing over here. <laughs> Only I couldn't let, let, let folks have a little island. But now they come over here and bomb right. them. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, so what was that about? That was about nothing but control and it, was, it was brutality so, so i'm just saying you know it's kind of hard for me because, because i don't know why they did it i don't know why they they don't even need the falcons but it's exactly. part of their but it's mm-hmm. part of their empire well it's great it's greed it's, it's it's that's what you can really call it uh and there was some more of the social media posts that i was reading and they talked about all of these mountains and mountains of gold gold that was taken from Africa that was mm-hmm. in uh, in their treasure, uh, just rooms and rooms of it. Museum. Yeah, museum full of stuff that, that, they, that they're stolen, that they're asking the to give, to give back to them. Hey, here you are. Can we have our stuff back now? Actually, <laughs> well, stole it. <laughs> You know, I, I look at. I think she was a very classy lady. I loved her style of dress. I love. She wore her pearls every day. I mean, she was a beautiful woman even in her younger days, and and so she was a, a, a woman of lots of class and culture in her senior days, and, and even in her early days. And so there, there was obviously some some qualities. Go, go ahead. Yes, go ahead, Miss Brianna. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I thought I was on mute. I was making fun of my daughter. <laughs> oh, I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were she was attacking she was my carrying cat. something with <laughs> No, no, I'm oh. so sorry. I thought I was on mute. I apologize, everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. We did we just thought you were talking to us. But uh, I bet you had some comments in, in regards well, I, uh, in regards I to the Queen. I agree with you. You know, for the um uh sort of I hate to minimize but um, sort of the way we look at celebrities in general. Um, sure. You know, th- there was a lot of appeal in that way. And, you know, there was a lot of charitable uh, things uh, that, that you could look up to her for. And, in fact, I, I didn't know a lot about her besides the surface types of things. Um, I was right. interested when she did things and, and photo ops and things like that. And, uh, you know, charitable activities and her dogs and, you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. I was talking to my daughters about this, um, they sounded a lot more like Mr. Arthur. 
And they said, you know, I said, it's sad. And they said, is it? You know, and they started saying things. And I thought, I didn't think about that too much. So it's just, it's interesting. I'm thinking about it a lot more now because, you know, outside of, oh, what did she wear to this wedding? And, you know, what are, what did she, what title did she give this person or whatever? You know, you really start to think about the history and it's, we have another kind of Mother Teresa kind of moment, you know, where you have to go, okay, Mm -hmm. here's. Here's some some stuff that's real, but here's some other stuff that's real. <laughs> right. And well, you know, if you do, if you we've look, been doing that for a while. But, but you're right. And in America, we had we had our own Camelot. They were the Kennedys. I mean, you know, and people yeah. were infatuated uh, with what what went on uh, in their in their lives. And even Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, people were fascinated with uh, him and his brilliance and the things that went on in his life as well. I'm fascinated by George Washington Carver, and I think it's because um, that that he came to Tyler, Texas, and was uh, spoke at Texas College, and my grandfather uh, had the opportunity to um, – to um, rub elbows, so to speak, uh, with uh, with George Washington Carver. I mean, we can, we can look we can look among ourselves and find and see uh, some great things that have been done by people right here on this uh, radio on this show. And then we may we may we may hear. Go ahead. Shirley McKella. The royalty of mm-hmm. roses. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. and, and already as use of voice, as use of voice, in and maxed out her voice in the capacities and roles that she's embarked upon. Let's say that again. I yeah. think it was yes. a waste of 96 years compared to what could have been utilized with the amount of power and dignity that came to yeah. that position. I'm saying yeah, after yeah. 1907, 1909, 1920, 1930, 1964, 65, Voters' Rights Act, all the things that are going right, on in America, right, right, right. a boy right. should have been heard in 76, uh, the, uh, in, in immigration, uh, in 84, yeah. uh, with uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson yeah. trying to become the first yeah. African-American president. In, in yeah. uh, 2000, when we had our first female uh, uh, black pre- uh, vice president, mm-hmm. so right. I, I'm just saying, what a waste of opportunity to voice yeah. a change across the, the the world. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, very good. Great. Yeah. Point. You know, I was, and, and I think that's know, what. Go ahead, Dr. Hagney. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say you look on both sides of the ocean and think about history. What we need to mm-hmm. do is tell history as history. You know, yeah. we we leave out we leave out so much of history to emphasize a particular area, a particular person, and we don't tell the complete history story. So I think now is an opportunity for the the complete story to be told from Africa yeah. all the way through. See, we in history, if you look, that's why I tell people you check this history book. You do people a favor by just throwing the book away because there's so much missing in the book. Right. But we fail to tell right. history, tell what's before us. And then we fail to recognize why God put it before us. 
And then we go off in all these other reasons why something happened, but we don't completely tell a complete history. You know, even the reason why she didn't speak or whatever, it would go and we understand there are times, in, well, there's still times in day in America, we just as guilty as she is. So, <laughs> so both both sides of the water, both, yeah. <laughs> both sides of the water have that similar problem. But because we don't face up, we don't. Right, we don't face up to yes. history and, and report what we see. We interpret history, and we try to tell history from a different viewpoint. We we wind up missing, leaving so much of history out. Tell what, yes. to walk through what happened, mm-hmm. all the history, every, and then that's that, that's that's a complete history story, not how somebody told or how somebody influenced or what they didn't say. Well, what what do we see? What do we see from colonial days all the way up to now? Uh, what is the correct story? Because America just as guilty as she is in not telling complete stories. So you can you can be yes. you can be on both sides, of, you know. But also, what's missing here? We need to see what's the relationship between America and those colonial days. Economically, okay. Miss Riley, we, you have a four one nine four nine caller out there. Uh, uh, we, we have a guy that's uh, what well, I call a local mayor. He ran for mayor in our town when uh, we didn't have the votes to get anyone that was African American anything to be in position. I don't know if he's still on the line. Four hundred nine caller. Yes, yes the lines are open. So bring him in, Mr. Pastor Cooper. Uh, uh, Brother Christopher Jones, Reverend Christopher Jones, are you on on the line? Also a veteran. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm on. Uh, you've been listening to the discussion. Uh, you want you want to warm up, or you want to jump in? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually uh, I'm actually uh, going to warm up. Uh, I do have a lot to say. Uh, my my condolences uh, to the royal family, but I do have a lot to to. Uh, and it, it's pretty much uh, you know goes along with the you know especially the latest statements, um, some of the neglect that we saw uh, or intentional, uh, you know, um, eye turns away from not only social issues but issues against humanity uh, that, uh, like the brother just mentioned, that, you know, America turned a blind eye to just as well as the royal families. Um as well as you know, and and some of those mannerisms are perpetuated um, to us today, uh, where we turn a blind eye to a lot of things that happen in our local communities, um, and we, you know, some of us are complacent with it. Um, uh, again, I, I definitely have uh, some more to say, but I'll. I'll uh, uh, Finish listening. <laughs> Thanks for well, the introduction. I, I, thank Dr. you. Yes, and I'm I'm glad he reemphasized that again because that's what I was saying a second ago that we can look internationally. She was on the center stage, so everybody could see her. Right. But I am not. We, we have closed mouths. Uh, on issues right here in America, and we haven't done what we should have been doing uh, in America. And when I say we, I'm specifically just talking about us as Americans. I'm not saying that that each one of these voices that we have here 
that has the microphone in front of them are, are not pushing and saying and talking about issues uh, that that we as even African Americans are experiencing here uh, in America. We haven't gotten our quote unquote the 40 acres and mule, and uh, who's been fighting and pushing? Yeah, we know that uh, Congresswoman uh, Sheila Jackson Lee has been pushing really hard in recent times. Uh, but there could have been some more people that have been pushing for uh, for more equality uh, for for every man uh, here in America. So that's she's somebody's mother, uh, uh, mother. She's somebody's grandmother. So as the as the gentleman said, our condolences absolutely goes out uh, to to that family. Um, but by the same token, we, we see some things that, that could have transpired and could have taken place uh, that has not. And who knows that any better than our African brothers and sisters. Uh, so what I said is that I'd like to see, and our next kind of topic is I like to see, because we live in a global society. Let's face it. We live in a global world. We're not disconnected. Uh, we have military installations uh, all over the world, except there's one place that we don't have one anymore, and that's in Vietnam, obviously. But we have military installations everywhere. So we're interconnected uh, to each other. And, and let me thank the veterans for, for his service uh, to the country. We appreciate thank his, you, uh, his thank service. You. Yes, we appreciate that. But let's talk about that. Let's talk oh, about Oh, and also thank you for my award. I was uh, I'm the gentleman that was well one of the gentlemen that was awarded uh by the NAACP here in Beaumont, Texas. Just so you know. Oh, oh wonderful. Oh wonderful. <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, ma'am. So I got thank I got a chance to meet you. I just don't remember the face, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, Congratulations, ma'am. And, and thank you so much thank you again, uh, for the work that you're doing there. It takes all of us working together as a team to make a, to make this uh, this world a better place for all of us, all of us. But there's some hurt but people. Keller, before you ch- change, yes. go ahead. Switch. Yes, sir. Hey, we, we won't change. No, no, we won't. Okay, but I, Stay I, right there. I just want to recognize our guest for another position that he hosts. I mean, and he, like the veteran, uh, been in leadership, uh, uh, a civil rights activist. He's out there on the front lines with us with, with issues of the day, with Christopher Shaw, with, with Dr. William Barber, things like that. But the thing that I'm most proud of him uh, doing, not being president of this organization, that organization, and, and working, he has his own company that's in Las Vegas, so he's flying back and forth. So on top of all of that, he is the pre- with the president of the PTA Association at the school at the middle school there, mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King Middle School. That's what I'm the most proud of. Outstanding. Outstanding. Oh, very good. PTA, African-American dad. That's what, and all, and and, and he doesn't have one kid in the school, but he said all of those kids are here. That that was my next, and I'm so glad you, that is just so powerful. I'm so glad that you brought that out, uh, Pastor, because just because we don't have children in the school district, those are our children, and we should be out there working for the greater good of our, our not not just parents and not just uh, our educators, Miss Rihanna and Mr. Arthur, but all of us to make life better for every single person. Beautiful. Yes, Thank I you so much. Agree. Congratulations. I totally agree. 
You know, not only are they their kids, they're, you know, they're our future lawyers. They're our future doctors. There you go. They're our there future you go. advocates. And if we don't um, at least give them the insight um, about uh, what needs to happen in, in communities like ours and people uh, that are affected by, you know, all sorts of change, whether it's uh, economic change or or environmental change. They have to know, they have to be aware, and they have to, you know, they have to lead the, lead the way into the, the next generation. So I look forward to leaving them something other than just uh, moaning and complaining. I, I definitely look forward to leaving them something that they can example by. That's great. Hey, Doc, I'd like to ask them a question. Yes, sir. That, yes, sir. That, that, you know, that discussion we had last week, uh, where we saw this report where students this year is falling behind three years in math and reading probably farther than that in, uh, in uh, uh, writing. Uh, there was a class, of course, one of my board person wanted to look at. Uh, and, of course, Doc, we talked about that, uh, looking at that research. Why, why did that occur? Uh, basically, in uh, looking at that's a PhD dissertation type research, but also knowing that those three years cannot be filled or caught up in the current public school system. The question is, what is the answer? What is the solution to that? And how and where is the place to uh, do that? And so he's working on this project and looking at that. And we go, I need that contact person you were talking about at uh, um, A&M Commerce. Uh, that graduate program, we need, we need a Ph.D. dissertation to look at, see why the, that, those years, why those lost years occurred and what need to happen to uh, uh, sort of fill those in or, uh, you know, but that's part of that discussion. And I was going to ask him that question, what, uh, does he, what's his feeling since he's involved in the teacher system and all that, uh, and also the uh, frat brother there. What what caused that, and what can we do to uh, to uh, I would say prevent that from happening with the current students, and also at the same time fill three years that they they say is lost in math and reading in our, in our students. And while while you're thinking about that, sir, one of the questions that were that we presented uh, last week, week before last, and we've talked about is uh, was it a wise idea for us to close the schools and keep the students at home, considering uh, the records that Dr. Hagney just presented with the math and the sciences and even the reading and English uh, that some of our students are are suffering from uh, that lack of ability to to do math and, and learn science and so forth. So while you're dialoguing, if you could dialogue a little bit on what your feelings are especially since you serve in a parent-teacher organization as president, if you think it was a great idea uh, to keep our students, a good idea to keep the students at home. Um, initially, let me, let, let's address, um, let's address the, the, I guess, like the three years behind. Um, and, and, and please, uh, CEA, call my number if you have any issues with what I'm about to say. Um, we've educated, or the lack thereof, many 
many, many individuals, and it has not stemmed three years ago. I would say maybe 13 years ago. Um, we, throughout the state of Texas, has graduated individuals that can't read, that cannot do math, that can't signature, um, that, you know, so these individuals are in society, and not only are they in society, but they're, they are parents as well. Uh, so you have a mildly educated parent um, trying to, I guess, give their child the best education that they can give, um, along with sending them to a school or a school system that that isn't uh, conducive to the the different types of learning that everybody has. I, I'm I'm not just a, a person that can read it. I, I can watch it. You know, different types of learning. And then we don't accentuate, especially TEA does not accentuate or develop a curriculum or go back to that type of curriculum where individuals are not just learning, but they're comprehending what they're learning, comprehending what they're reading, comprehending that one plus one equals two, uh, and then are able to use that in hands-on learning, able to, because you have to think about the society that we're in today, the type of economy that we're in today, uh, and I, I will say people that graduated 10 years ago aren't fit for this particular economy. Even if you do have a, 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 a PhD, you're, you're still a little bit behind. Um, so I, I will say the, the three years is, is minuscule compared to the, the three generations of individuals or the three decades that, that we've graduated um, individuals that cannot read. You know, just pass them right along. Um, so that that issue is something that I believe uh, we um, and and I'm I'm actually excited that you asked this question because uh, especially you brother because we're in the process. Uh, my my neighborhood, along with some uh, different partnerships and relationships that I build. Um, we're in the process of bringing uh, a community literacy and library to our neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. That's great, outside great. of the public library. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, the public library is, you know, within walking distance from our neighborhood. And most neighborhoods don't have that uh, accessibility yeah. to literature or a library. And as I'm in the process of, of learning of more about libraries, libraries aren't just for books. Uh, there are, they're an institution for learning, all sorts of learning. Um, so we have to be able to accentuate that where we're missing in our community instead of just solely depending on uh, TEA, especially being that we are here in Texas. Uh, but the education system all over, because as we know uh, here in Texas, uh, what we were taught as the slave trade is now being taught as the cattle trade. So, I mean, I mean education um, is not uh, solely dependent on the, the institutions that we send our children to. And it doesn't matter. Again, I'll say it could be pre-K, 
to PhD. Oh yeah, that's what. Yeah, I'll go right. Yeah, okay. That that's very good. What's we were name? talking about. I. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's your what? name again? Because I think it did being you meet the other night. What was your name? Yeah, Christopher, Christopher Jones. Jones. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. How yes, you doing? Sir. Yeah. All is well, doctor. Night, sure. You have a show that night. Me and me, me and Mike, we had a show anyway, but it wasn't recorded. Yes, sir. So we, <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> we had a great time. Huh? Okay. You know. Yeah. Well, but it, well, it, my, thinking back on what you're saying. When I was in junior high, when I taught junior high, uh, I noticed. And this went on for about five years. I think they, I think they quit doing that. But they, they were, they were, they were not teaching cursive writing, so the kids didn't know how to sign their name. Right. You know how to sign. Right. Right. And, you know, you know, and it was on purpose. And then the tech, tech, you know, and I sat up and I watched over twenty years as the economy changed, to so a technological economy. Of course, what none of that being taught to our kids. It was just like they driving died. them into a died. direction. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Part of that. Yeah. Part of that. Part of that portion in that project he's working on, since we know this gap will not be filled in the clothes in your public school system, because, like you say, they're saying they need to do currently. But the question is, what building is available in in Texas on a Saturday for tutorial mentoring program? After school or after school program. I mean, uh, but not community, mainly. It's black community, black, community centers, black church, uh, college, and the black churches, that's right, that's it. And the black church. But also the other question in that discussion is, where is there a day camp for black students in Texas? I mean, in some no camps. But if you, because We've got some money. I'm they sorry. Got some, they have them if they got some money. I know that. They do. They, they, they do yeah, camps the, for them. the camps are, camps are available. That's why that's why you see a lot of uh, football players that are putting camps together. That's their way of giving back to the community for those students who don't have the funding and the money to pay for right. a camp. So mm-hmm. I, my children, my my children went to summer camp every summer, uh, all while they were they were growing up. Uh, Lake Tyler is where the where the Tyler Independent School District held its uh, summer camps. But we had to pay for, mm-hmm. for that. But what about the okay. students who did not? And, mm-hmm. and, but I want, I want to reflect back, uh, Mr. Chris, to the, the question. As a medical person, I, I, I know and I realize and I understand that the Department of Education is committed to, to state-supported schools. We have public schools, uh, school districts across of the nation, but we know that and to to offer in-person school, we know that, but we never had a pandemic before. So, um, so in alignment with the spread of COVID and all of that that is going on, uh, and the guidance that we got from the Center of uh, CDC uh, of how we're supposed to prevent uh, the spread of uh, public diseases. Do you feel that it was a wise thing for us to keep our students out of school? I know that in Tyler, uh, they got all of their tablets and their equipment and all of that stuff, but many of the young students did not have uh, Internet service. I know that they put Mm -hmm. them on buses and and drove them out into communities far out. 
that so that they could have Wi-Fi and all of that and so forth. But we know, all of us know that it created a major issue uh, for many mm-hmm. students. So what are your thoughts? I, I, I do agree. Um, yes, COVID did interrupt, you know, us, period. Um, but more so, it did uh, hinder our children greatly, uh, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, just being sociable uh, and, and learning uh, from one another, peer mentorship. Uh, that was that was taken from our, you know, our children, uh, interacting with individuals at their home, uh, having to deal with the woes of the home, uh, that became a problem of our children. Um, not having, you know, that one-on-one opportunity uh, that some teachers, uh, and I, hats off to all educators, especially educators. <laughs> uh, so, like, yeah. we, we, just, yeah. we just definitely have to um, recognize that I guess uh, even for the military, it was it, you know it was a strange uh, for uh, for them how to react. And most people know military personnel get vaccinations from one end of the spectrum to the next uh, of the CDC. Um, but even even in the military, it was you know it was moments of uncertainty, uh, things that where you would normally. Uh, in the DFAC and you're, in, you know, in mass numbers, uh, that cut back too. So, um, but to to address the, the our students uh, again, I, I don't agree with uh, the hundred uh, percent out of the campus or off the campus uh, process that they did. Um, I one was willing to assist not only TEA, but um, our district here in Vaughan in a, you know, a, a surefire plan. Yes, like you mentioned, every student in the state of Texas did receive some type of tablet. Well, let's roll that back. If there were more than one child in the household uh, that was enrolled, um, most, most households got only one tablet. Um, wow. And like you said, uh, some of them did not receive a Wi-Fi hotspot or, um, you know, right. thing uh, that they didn't have that either. And most of those Wi-Fi hotspots in particular areas, especially areas of, of that are considered to be saturated, you don't get a, a really good signal on your cell phone, let alone getting a good signal on a hotspot. So, um, a lot of things were slowly communicated through those systems. Uh, and, you know, like you mentioned, some cities didn't and still don't have uh, adequate mm-hmm. Wi-Fi and or mm-hmm. adequate Internet uh, in their schools, let alone in their communities. Um, so I think that what the, the district should have done or the state should have done or even the nation should have done because, they're the most in most cities. They're the highest tax bracket or taxing entity, a government entity in, in municipalities. So I know that they had the opportunity, they had the money to go to a what what, what um, I would consider a block a block scheduled day, 
certain uh, students come, certain amount of students, uh, especially if it's elementary, uh, you'll get first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Certain amount of students uh, from those particular classes will go at, you know, the early portion of the morning, and then the other half will go in, you know, the, the afternoon portion of, of, of the day. Uh, and if there's any um, time left over, there's, you know, the opportunity to, for after-school programs um, that they will still have and still be accessible to those students that so choose. Only difference is is that you have uh, a totally different setting uh, because those classrooms that you were in or, or other students were in uh, are now being sanitized. Um, I think there was ways that, you know, as we were learning about COVID, uh, I think mm -hmm. there were ways that we could have uh, continued to keep our students in the schools, uh, especially with, you know, if, if you have, like I said, a block scheduling, your first period uh, is, uh, you know, first period students is in this class, your second block of students is in a totally different class, while that other class where the first block of students were is getting sanitized or these, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I think uh, with the amount of workforce that the districts uh, have, especially in the janitorial staff, them too were underserved uh, as, you know, essential individuals to uh, our communities. They were not prepared uh, with PPE. They were not prepared with, you know, potential um, antibacterial, uh, disinfectant, uh, Lysol, spray, wipes, or whoever. And most of the time, uh, our governing agencies or government agencies were first, had first dibs on, on Lysol and, and, and all these other things. So um, I, I know that the opportunity for us to not create such a huge, uh, such a greater gap, especially in the world of technology, uh, create such a greater gap um, for our students. And, and like you mentioned, uh, yeah, we, you know, a lot of students did get to take their uh, tablets home. Um, some of mm -hmm. them didn't know it, didn't, you know, didn't, um, right. didn't know anything about the tablet right. uh, and sure. couldn't get any assistance from the household because they didn't know anything about the tablet. Right. So, I, right. mean, I mean, like, it was disparities uh, upon disparities that, you know, I, I saw where they could have been resolved or, you know, a, a lesson learned. And, you know, even now with um, the growing variants of COVID, um, you, you should still take advantage of, you know, keeping our children safe while educating, mm -hmm. rightfully educating them uh, in, our, in our public school system. Well, I'm, I'm going to share this with you, uh, Mr. Chris, that, that we have. Someone with a question, Sharon. Uh, and, and, and the question is, your question is about, you know, the children, da, 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 da. And, and here's what happened. And, and me as educator, I'm telling you, the way they treated the teachers during, this, during that period mm -hmm. was terrible. As a matter of fact, it's still mm -hmm. terrible. It was terrible. It is still terrible. You yes, sir, it is. You can't ask the question about the kids without asking the same question about the teachers at the same time. 
because the way they were treated, they were treated like robots. Matter of fact, they were treated All like right, kids. Especially no, in a position that they had no idea about. Yeah, they're probably worse than kids. And so, and what I'm saying is that, you know, and now, right now, you got teachers, you know, you know, ready to leave the service, right, because of how they were treated. And well, so, we have, medical, just, we have medical people who left, who left, and but we also had lots of medical people right here in the city of Tyler who died uh, of COVID, and, and when the vaccines came out, they still refused and still had lots of death. We had eight nurses to die of COVID right here uh, in Tyler. And I, I want to share with you guys, and of course the team already knows this, Mr. Chris, but, but when COVID first came, I actually had the opportunity to serve on our task force here in Tyler, and it took us six weeks before we could get PPEs from China, and the hospital reached out uh, to me, and we put – we put about eight to ten women together, and then we made 1,500 masks uh, for the hospitals here in Tyler, and and we provided them with uh, inserts wow. where they can insert uh, those. Uh, and, and they were just uh, the inserts were just the plain filter, um, yes, uh, Max's sanitary napkins, which. Uh, uh, that you could insert in, and, and they could wash their masks because they were reusing masks, um, uh, surgical masks. They were because we were out of out of supplies, so we were not prepared. And the thing that we have to do and make sure that we are prepared. You have you have three veterans on this on this show tonight: Dr. Hadney, Mr. Arthur, and myself. And so we're accustomed to getting, like you mentioned, we, we, I have given many shots to people, uh, to soldiers and warriors in the military repeatedly. They, some of these guys would fall out on the floor and faint, and that was my grand opportunity to shoot them up real good before they got up off the floor. <laughs> so, 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 but we, but we, were, not, we, were, not, we were not prepared for this disaster. And the one thing that I know that we have to we have to be prepared because we never know what may what public health uh, disaster may hit our our nation. Yeah, we never had a pandemic. We've had epidemics before. We never had a pandemic where the whole world uh, was shut down with, with with COVID, and we lost a lot of lives to include children uh, as well. So that's why I was wondering. But, but carry on. The, the educator, you hear the educator speaking loudly and clearly, and he is absolutely correct. And to this day, we still don't. Uh, we pay our football players a grip of money, but we pay our educators a crumbs from our tables. Well, go ahead well, well treat them. You, you treat them like you treat them like like worse than kids. And, and, and you know, and when you're teaching kids and being tr- treated like a kid. That kind of, that's kind of double whammy. That's all I'm saying. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. And then not only, not only the way that they're treated, but the re- repercussions that's brought up against them if they don't, if they can't grasp, uh, you know, dealing with uh, an epidemic or a pandemic, um, and you know, be able to to teach uh, adequately according to data and yeah, they 
uh, I, and I know, I, I know this is an issue nationwide where you know mm-hmm. teachers are scarce, and this was uh, again before COVID, but it's worse now. Uh, so yeah. <clears throat> that that you know that gap, yeah, it's going to take a while to, um, I guess, bring people up to, uh, uh, I guess, like their age of learning or their particular. Uh, learning style, it's definitely going to take a while, but it's not sure. impossible to close that gap, especially with um, some of the things that you guys are trying to implement, um, the community library uh, or libraries that we're trying to implement here uh, so that we could, you know, educate not just the child, but the parent or the guardian. Um, because yeah. there are you know, some parents or or, or, uh, or guardians that um, want to know what it is that their child is learning, and I I applaud that. But you know, with every hand I can possibly get, because to always want to learn and and educate yourself, uh, especially so that you won't get mowed over by the next phase of technologies. Um, or the next wave of economy, uh, or the lack thereof. So I, I, I just, I know that the opportunity uh, to close that gap is available. Uh, it's just right. going to take each and every one of us. Uh, it's also going to take. I like to call uh, networking and sharing resource, resources, uh, digging in your purse or your wallet. So that's what it's going to. It's going to take allowing people you know, to access your resources. I'm not saying um, dig in your bank account, uh, but mm-hmm. definitely access your resources. If you know uh, somebody that's a math, uh, you know, phenomenal in math, somebody that's phenomenal in reading and writing, uh, somebody that, you know, can teach, uh, um, you know, a father how to bait a hook, because there are a lot of families that, you know, don't know the basics um, of, of educating themselves and or families. Uh, they don't know the basics right. of survival. Uh, and, sure. and that's one of the first things I, I learned when I was a kid was how to bait a hook. Even if, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't throwing it anywhere or it wasn't attached to a, a test line or anything yet, I learned how to bait a hook. That's very good. Yeah. That's very good. So learn, learn how to feed yourself, right? I was Correct. I was talking Correct. about I was mentioning that day camp, and in in this proposal he's working on his day camp. Uh, we're looking at a space near water, and I'm so excited what you just said because in the United States there's one Black American that is a biologist that works for the wildlife department in the state of Texas. One, he's a husband of one of my staff members, but we want to get him involved. If you look at his daycare, if you look at this campsite near water. Then you can bring the wildlife in and talk what you're talking about, the bait and hook live fishing and all that, because that's where education. So we need a, we need, we don't need a, a day camp in a pub, in an urban city. That day camp we're talking about should be in a rural area near a lake that you can bring biology and fishing and all that into that into that into that environment. Because as we say, when our students return to class and sit in the same next to a student who's been all around the world who've been fishing, fly fishing, and all that, and all of a sudden he's expected to communicate with that person who's traveling. He's been in Tyler or East Texas all summer. 
Well, see, that's that's what I was saying, Dr. Hagney. The the, uh, camp, the summer camp in Tyler, Texas, is held at Lake Tyler. And so all the kids are out there. Uh, it's a two-week uh, program that every every student in the Tyler Independent School District uh, has the opportunity to attend uh, that camp, but it costs money. And now there are some organizations that uh, yes, the nonprofits, sir. some philanthropists that will pay and have paid for students uh, to attend those camps. But but yes, you're right. They're right on the water, so they learn hiking. They learn all kinds of, uh, of uh, things outdoors, how to survive uh, outdoors. But, but, you know, the other thing I wanted to, to bring out, if that's okay, is that remember the act that President Obama uh, uh, brought forth in um, uh, during his presidency, and it was that every student is supposed to succeed. It was an act that he brought, that he brought forth. And so every student should have the same opportunity. It should be no differently uh, from one student to to the next student. But I, I can remember, and, and and this I want to say, Mr. Chris, is that we have to get we have to get our parents more involved uh, in the in the lives of the students. Uh, I remember when I was growing up, I had older siblings, and so the older siblings were always there, uh, along with my mother to help to make sure that the younger siblings learned everything that they needed to learn. They helped with their homeworks. And I can also remember when I went to when I went to public schools and, and I don't I don't advocate this style but but on one side of the room uh, the teacher this was in my elementary school the teacher would have quote unquote the smart kids so to speak. And then on the other side of the room uh, she would have the other kids. And when, when the quote-unquote the smart kids finished all their work, she assigned them to someone in the other side of the room. Now, I don't believe in the other side of the room kind of uh, attitude. Uh, that's the way she kept things separate. But, however, she, I, I thought that was a pretty smart concept that she used by utilizing those students who finished their work really quickly to help those that may have needed a little bit more help. It helped her because she had 32 students in that classroom with one teacher right. in there. Right. Go ahead. That's one of the things I, I totally agree with. Uh, uh, just like you said, for the students, that's what we have to do with our parents. Um, we, we have to, and, and, you know, most of the times it's, uh, to, you know, to educate an older person, uh, is not as easy as it is to educate somebody that don't know. Uh, and most people, we have to realize that there are some people that don't know and they don't want to know. Uh, it's some people that know and don't want to be activated and we have to deal (laughs) with those people. Um, so, um, I think that, you know, educating the parent is, is, is going to be a, a part of or has to be a part of meeting the need of the community because um, once you educate that, that parent, that parent educates a child and maybe even, you know, another, another parent and the cycle continues 
And so, like, we know that um, they split up, you know, African communities or black communities, uh, Mm -hmm. especially those that were so close-knit and learning from each other and learning uh, within, you know, their close circles. They split those up, not just families, but they split communities like like ours up. Um, so, like, right. those lessons that were being taught, those lessons that were being learned uh, and shared, um, you know, kind of dissipated, Um but there is opportunity to rekindle that that mannerism. Um, like you said, I don't agree with the practice, uh, the way she practiced, you know, separating the mildly educated to the superior educated. That that bothered me a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. I would have been, I, I know I would have been on the other side of the room, but all of my <laughs> friends were... You know, all of my friends were going to be in the, uh, uh, you know, on the dummy side. Let's just put it like that. So, and, and, and you know, and that that's a stigma that, you know, children have to live with from elementary all the way to high school. Uh, and, and, you know, especially if you brand that in the childhood at such an early, at an early stage, they're going to believe it for the rest of their life. So, um, but I, I totally agree. It's going to take this peer mentorship, peer education. Um, right. uh, for us to, you know, to uh, sustain ourselves, especially in today's mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 Chris, I worked in school. Before you go there, Mr. Arthur, let me just say this. I'm not sure that I learned that much early, much later on. I'm not sure that any of the students, I know I didn't know that. I just know that I was assigned to help someone. So my mm-hmm. point is I don't believe that we knew that I just learned that later on in years uh, mm-hmm. that that was what was happening. But go ahead. And I and saw it too, as, you know, as, as in younger education uh, institutions. I saw that as well, uh, where the sure. teacher would um, separate her class uh, based on you know uh, educational skills. So, I work. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. I worked at Long Middle School, and, and this was within the last, uh, well, I guess within the last, uh, what, what, six years. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, like 80% Hispanic, uh, probably about, probably about, I guess, about 5 6% white, the rest of black. Uh, and, right. and so they had a class, because I, I, I substituted them a few times. There's this class where all the white kids were. Mm-hmm. And I don't got done, where they was in this class. And, mm-hmm. and that's, like, going on. That's what I'm saying. So you go. You still have that. I mean, even within these, even within the systems. And and, and another thing you said, the the uh, you know, I wound up teaching uh, dyslexia. Now I I ain't certified. No, I ain't been certified nowhere to teach somebody <laughs> no dyslexia. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now I'm teaching somebody. You know, and, and and that's because they you know they they haven't provided the resources. Uh, and like you said, they teach all the kids like cookie cutter, like everybody have to learn this way. You don't learn mm-hmm. this way, then you don't learn. Instead of them and they know that they have a different they know the right. different way. They know this. They know it. But they cookie cutter and just teach this one way. You know, and and, and again, it, you know, just like the you know they quit you know they quit the, uh, teach them how to do cursive right. Who doing that? Who's doing it? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Who's doing that? Who puts that out? Who says, 
who says that and then that happens? That's what I'm. Mean, that's what I'm trying to find. So who does that, Chris? Who's that? Who, who's that? Dan Dan, Dan <laughs> I was about to say that your your uh, lieutenant governor uh, is actually the person that that, that oversees all of that. Yeah, um, he, he, he the governor. He he too uh, signed on with it. You know, watering down education, um, and 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 that goes back to um, you know peer education. Peer, you know, peer mentorship, peer, peer education. Um, that's one of the grassroots things that we do, especially around election time. Okay, <laughs> we educate okay. people, or we educate people on another person quick, but we won't teach ourselves how to create the plans and give to this person that says that they want our vote. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Sounds like yeah. the octopus is playing to me, huh? Yeah, he, he's a part of the octopus plan, and he doesn't even realize it. Dr. Hagney, he doesn't even realize it. He, he's a part of it. Part of the plan. That's why I invited him on the show tonight. And I, I wasn't even going to introduce you guys that way. I wanted, I wanted you all to find out what I know. Y'all, one of the other things is that uh, he's slightly younger than I am, so he brings a whole new demographic to the table when I, I ride around with him. And that's a whole other private conversation me and, he and Arthur had. But when I ride around, I'm exposed to a whole new group of people. And so we invite them to the table, and we learn from them, and they glean from us. And I'm telling you, it's the most exciting times uh, I ever had uh, been in his company and his presence. Uh, If anybody – I heard Dr. Uh, uh, T.B. Jake say this weekend, uh, he had a a roundtable event before the uh, Women's All Lose Conference, and his daughter was there, another young lady was there, another young lady was there. And he was just overwhelmed with the fact that uh, our future is in, in, in great hands. Uh, I won't tell Brother uh, Jones' age, but he's younger than I am. Our future is in great hands. And there are younger men that, and women coming up under him uh, that are just as attentive, alert, and on point as he is. And so they really make me think harder, deeper, and, and wider. Uh, he's also um, – uh, Working in our accountability program with the NAACP, he's his own president of the, and I hope I'm saying right, uh, Charlton Pollard Neighborhood Association. They renamed and revamping that. Uh, he has his hand in so many other things, plus the $6 million project that's in Las Vegas, Nevada, that his company landed. And uh, he just flew back in last month to come. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, he is absolutely doing it, and he's there on the front lines with us fighting to change institutional issues with Christopher Shaw that was paralyzed by the Beaumont Police Department uh, just so right. this time. could be the Sheriff's Department next time. But I, I'm just saying that uh, I want him to introduce himself through his conversation. Uh, okay. I, I, I said it once before, and, and I'm going to say it for him. Don't follow him. Follow his work, and, and that's what I do. Mm, excellent. excellent. I'm, I'm Very, good. That. Very good. Excellent, excellent. That's very good. We're going to be bringing a prostate project down there in that area, so I'll be, I'll be looking forward to meeting all of you down there. Absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to having that uh, tied into my neighborhood association, uh, along with, um, you know, human health, period. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I live in the, uh, the oldest black, one of the oldest black neighborhoods in Beaumont, Texas. I live in what's called the South End Black Community. 
adjacent oh, to the yeah, North Bend right Black one. community. Um, we, we can, and, and we can relate. <laughs> I, I live in, I live in the, the eldest The oldest one In the city of Tyler My choice Awesome awesome, And by yeah. choice <laughs> By choice I don't care how much you try to by neglect choice. Tell everybody and, this and, is and, the richest side of the city There you go and, 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 and the city where I live Is where historical Tyler Began This is the beginning of Tyler, the start of it all. Yes, indeed. Okay, I, tried it all. To yeah. I tried to tell that to him, and they was like, oh, that's concrete, Chris. I was like, well, it is what oh, it is. No, it is. You can either accept <laughs> it or not. You know, that's what yeah. it is. We ought to start this neighborhood is the start Paul, of it all. Keep up the great work, and, I, and let me tell you, if you can go out there and find some more young folks, your age category and younger, and and bring more of them in, uh, they're they're coming in uh, slowly but surely. But we need a lot more because you ran down our street when you talked about voting, and we know we're we're less than what forty five days out from midterm election, and we talked That's about. Right. Um, Y'all's lieutenant governor and what he is doing mm-hmm. in our classrooms, the, the person who has a lot of power in the great state of Texas, the one that uh, I, I believe the one that's related to that other fellow that has a, a record. But anyways, we won't even go there. We won't waste our time on <laughs> that one. But I yeah, I can't understand time. how that's even happening. I don't get yeah, it. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. I bet Mr. Arthur mm-hmm. can tell you, can tell you how to happen. <laughs> <laughs> don't, get, don't get him started. He'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. What happened now? He said he doesn't I, understand I was, how a person a criminal can hold those things. Yeah, can hold office and then and run for re-election. And run for re-election and probably win. Mm-hmm. Edgar, that's not that's not rhetorical. That's historical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly correct. See, you just they they haven't been held accountable while held in their seats. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's why they try to debunk. You know, even even some of our own have fallen uh, subject to. Uh, yeah. The rhetoric, I wouldn't even call it rhetoric. This is a straight-up lie, bold-faced lie that our vote don't count. Uh, and those people that continue to say that, whether they wear our skin tone or not, those people that continue to say that, use your uh, accent uh, from, this, from, from the poll in their favor. Uh, hey, so I, there's a guy in Texas, $1.6 billion that has a program that's doing that. So they ain't supposed to sit around, uh, oh, you know what? No, 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 that's a program that's, that's pushing that, that line that you're talking about. So they ain't people sitting around saying it. It's being, mm. it's being pushed, organized, ALEC and all that. Mm. That's organized. Mm-hmm. My brother called me that day and asked me about, I don't think it was you. I don't think it was you, but anyway, he come up and asked me about this job. Uh, with uh, with uh, connect, connect, right? And, and and I was telling him, I said, well, 
I swear, it's one of organizations that's a right wing, da da da. And then he he he, made, he researched it and he saw that uh, he said, yeah, he said he, he said they he said he created it back uh, at the state house back in 2016. So I'm trying to tell you, these programs you're talking about have been set mm-hmm. up by Republicans in the state house. They get and and they figure out a way to give them money to get money to them, and they push these ideas that you're talking. About. So it's not us just sitting around. Oh, you know what? You know, our vote don't count. No, no, no. It's it, it's a it's it's whole thing that's being pushed to make you and me yeah. say that. Yeah, that's right. We need, to, you know, you understand that that's happening, and then we can counter it. But we just it's just happening because we just thinking that we're in the information age. They know how to man. They know how to algorithm right, right. Oh, uh, you know, and shoot it back at us with steroids in it. <laughs> so we have, we have totally to understand that. Hey, Chris, not to change subject, but aren't you also uh, heading up a project with hydroponics uh, in, in your neighborhood and something like that you're working on? Uh, yes, sir. That's uh, our with our community gardens. Uh, we'll be uh, implementing aquaponics and uh, hydro uh, hydroponics uh, as <clears throat> part parts of our irrigation system um we'll also have you know um, a, a crafts market where um because everybody's not growing but everybody's you know i, I believe that people are everybody's doing something uh and there's opportunity for you know individuals whether it's you know somebody making small paintings um I believe that there's an opportunity uh, for them to have a platform, especially from from their neighborhood, uh, uh, to be able to showcase their, you know, their arts, their crafts. Um, so we're just trying to get a lot um, done uh, before, you know, some some of the inevitable things happen, which. One we of them we, we needed <laughs> you on our show last last week, and that's exactly what we were talking about. That's exactly what we're working toward putting uh, on uh, 308 acres that we're working on getting wow. uh, here in the district. And there is some there are some uh, parts of that land that uh, that is in the water plains, uh, waterways area, and so the. Uh, Corps of Engineers said that we can put our hydroponic uh, farm and gardening uh, in that area. We can have a, a, a water, something like an amphitheater, but it'll be water waves where water can run down. So we're making it kind of a, a resort style where they can uh, right, right. have trail trail rides, have community gardens, and, and where, where we need water. And the water is right there, so those are the things that we're working toward putting in that particular area. That's phenomenal. Area. 300 yeah. plus acres. Of 300 and acres, uh, 3.08 to be exact. We're working hard on trying wow. to put that thing together so that, um, and we, ha- we have some developers that I was on, on Zoom with developers today out of New York. We have some out of Miami, and then we have some that are in Texas and other parts of, of this, the union so that uh, that are interested in seeing the growth 
uh, in our district here in, in East Texas and Tyler, Texas. We definitely, we, we will definitely be sharing best practices, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You would have enjoyed, uh, especially, you would have enjoyed the meeting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, yeah, for the sounds of it, I sure would have, especially to be connected with those uh, with those people. That's like, like I said, that's like, let me dig in your purse, Queen. <laughs> yeah, you're so funny. Well, that's why I was, so I, I opened up the show to talk about the fact that we live in a global society because we had um, our friends from Nigeria that was on the show with us this past Thursday. Excuse me. This past, well, we had them Thursday as well, but we also had them last Monday night, uh, and uh, they they actually help. Uh, we're, we're, we're not calling it uh, gentrification; we're calling it vetrification, where veterans can get funding, start their own businesses, um, and uh, or if they already have a business, then how they can get uh, funding to help them to promote and move that business to the next level. It was amazing. He, uh, one of our fraternity, well, he's not really our fraternity. He's a fratter, I put it like that. He is a part he's of the divine nine. He's a Kappa man. And, uh, and so he works and have worked with uh, veterans, and he's down at Camp Lejeune right now uh, helping to, uh, to make sure that those who uh, experience the issues there the bad water, et cetera, uh, while they were stationed mm-hmm. at Camp Lejeune, that they get the funding that they need in order to uh, to move forward. But he lives on the East Coast, but he came to uh, America at the age of four. Uh, his father was a professor at uh, one of the universities, so he was well-educated. It doesn't sound at all like uh, he comes from Nigeria, he has no form of, of accent whatsoever. But uh, he came with some amazing, amazing information. And so I've been talking to him every single day since uh, I was first introduced to him. He's a wealth of knowledge and always out there to help. He's not a veteran, uh, but worked for, he's he's big into uh, cybersecurity, um, encouraging our students and those who may be interested in, in cybersecurity uh, to get that degree in that, and then, of course, helping uh, veterans to get funding for their projects. And then, awesome. involving, and then involving the veterans who experience PTSD and whatever into um, to agriculture, to the food, because we have, we have, just like we have the um, uh, drug pharmacy desert, like uh, Dr. Hagney was mentioning, we also have a food mm-hmm. desert. I have, we're dealing with both of those, the, the you know, the medical or, you know, drug pharmacy yeah. Uh, yeah. desert as well as the food desert, um, which, yeah. as, again, to go back into, uh, back into time, all of Beaumont started from this neighborhood. So there was not a store mm-hmm. that you could not walk to or a uh, clinic that you, or hospital that you could not walk to. Uh, before in this neighborhood, and those things were intentionally eradicated from this neighborhood uh, mm-hmm. so that, you know, whatever the, the reason is, um, we'll never know. The real reason is we'll never know. Um, yeah. But 
you know, those those things are now, you know, far out of of, of reach. And, and like you said, I I I, I like the. I like the fact that you said gentrification because we have a little <laughs> bit more leverage than, you know, you uh, everyday citizens. Yeah. Uh, so right. to be, a, you know, to be a, a pilot to community business, uh, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, to, mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong, to, to put something else on a venture's back, you know, it, it, it may seem a bit harsh, but we, that's what we're made for. That's what we're built for. Um Exactly. So I think that that component would be phenomenal in our neighborhood or in mm-hmm. majority, you know, neglected uh, black neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> when you mentioned yeah. mentioned deserts, we'll talk about it when we get those claims down there in Beaumont. There's the next major desert we have is the primary care desert. We've already looked at the, wow. uh, your, black your black physicians there in Beaumont, Orange area. Because of our prostate project, we're looking at the black urologist, and it is a huge uh, issue throughout northeast Texas because we focus on it. But that next major component is the primary care desert, and it is, it is and we'll talk wow. about that with our prostate project when we come down through there because we're looking for black physicians in the uh, Beaumont, Port Arthur, Orange area for part of this <clears> project. But as you all know, we're having problems find positions down there. Right. But you understand. You know the shortage down there and I can't remember. Right, right. And it's not attractive to most people in the medical field, uh, especially in, you know, those particular expertise of, of medical field, uh, of the medical field. Um, it's hard to get, you know, some of our students that uh, I, I mentored uh, several students that, that have graduated from a vast majority of universities across this land and to know that they don't see the need or want to come back and um, pour back into the vessel that gave to them. Uh, I don't, sometimes I don't blame them uh, because everybody don't have that, you know, that, that morale, like, you know, to go back and pour into what fed you or what, you know, what gave you the, um, the stance that you have. So, uh, but not only that, it's nothing really attractive. The market uh, here isn't attractive. The business um, um, opportunity or, or even for them to get into, you know, an existing uh, institution uh, or facility mm-hmm. uh, is going to be hard uh, because mm-hmm. especially now, the cost of, you know, the cost of living and different things like that. But the city of Beaumont is bad a long, 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 long time ago behind the curve of, of cost of living. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we're just now starting to see it because the city uh, is finally starting to take responsibility for itself. Uh, and mm-hmm. just so happened that that's going to hurt the citizens by tax increases and different things like that. But the city mm-hmm. also has not created any empowerment zones, any, mm-hmm. you know, historic uh, or heritage districts or, or right. any TIFs. A TIF would be perfect in Um especially the black south end and the black north end. A TIF would be perfect, um, especially for, you know, because I know that you're doing a population shift of black uh, communities so that you can mm-hmm. later acquire them uh, for whatever reason uh, you want them. Uh, I mean, like, I know the reason. Uh, our 
past mayor told us that they've been trying to get back to the river uh, for a long time. Uh, and along this river here in, in Beaumont, majority is black along this river. So if you say you're trying to get back to the river uh, for a long time, you've been that told me that you have been, been, been neglecting the people that's at the river so um, that they would see disparity in their area. They would see, you know, blight in their area, no development mm-hmm. in their area. The mm-hmm. resources are scarce in their area. Um, and you may see one or two nonprofit organizations in their area, but that's all it is, is a nonprofit organization in the area with no resources ex- exclusive to them. Um, so, I definitely agree about gentrifying our own place. Um, oh, yeah. Have, especially, especially if we have families that, that are tied into airships or a homestead, um, those, most of those properties are vacant, especially uh, in my neighborhood. Most of those homestead properties are vacant, but the taxes are constantly, you know, they accrue every year. Uh, so, uh, Instead of just paying the county for your vacant lot, uh, I would, you know, I'm hoping to later in, in uh, especially now that we have a new chamber of commerce president uh, and we're building a relationship with the, the um, black uh, chamber of commerce as well, uh, we're looking to bring some of those uh, types of incentives like a TIF uh, in a, a heritage district uh, where the developers will get a tax break for for so long, and then eventually their taxes go up, but those taxes don't leave outside of this community. Um, those are the types of things that I think we're going to need to look at in order to um, not really control the gentrification, but have buy-in into the gentrification that's planned and proposed long before, you know, long before we became aware to what was happening in our neighborhoods. Well, Mm. Mr. Chris, I don't know if you know this or not, but we are building a medical school here in Tyler, Texas, and our goal is to educate physicians and keep them here in the community. That's why we're we're looking at building uh, uh, housing in these opportunity zones. My district actually is considered an opportunity zone where there's lots of funding uh, for uh, growth in opportunity zones and building houses. And we're, we're looking to build 3,000 new housetops in, in my district. And the medical school happens to uh, be built in my district. And one of the major hospitals uh, uh, that the uh, medical school has begun on right now, we've already started the school, but the building of the school is going to be obviously in the medical center district, which is, will sit between University of Texas uh, Hospital as well as the Christus Mother Francis Hospital will sit there so that they can do their internship, even though they're going to have to travel to wow. 71. Well, that, that's our right. research hospital and uh, our what we used to call the chest hospital. So their research, a lot of uh, lung issues uh, out there. So we're the medical capital of East Texas, and you're going to see a lot more physicians uh, coming in. we got neonatologists that have come in, and obviously we have every, every uh every discipline that you want to utilize and need 
is right here in Tyler, Texas right now. Hey, Shred, I know we're about to run out of time. Can I say something about my GL, the GL TV mm-hmm. stuff we're doing at Dallas coming up? Absolutely. Uh, bring, bring it on. Bring it on. Election time. Uh, yes, let's talk about November Yeah, yeah John, it's election time. Uh, you know, these folks, yes. that, again, like I keep saying, they ain't playing with y'all. They, they, you know, they for real. So, uh, uh, okay, this weekend we're going to be doing Dallas. We're having a, 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 a GL TV, get out the boat. Uh, NAACP, uh, National League Women Voters, and uh, LULAC. So we're coming together to do an event at 4 o'clock Park from 4 to 7 o'clock, 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, uh, the, the table spaces is free. Uh, we'll try to have a little, you know, a little variety out there for the kids and some other stuff. Uh, we're going to try to make it a, make it to an annual event. As you all know, we can't, the, the days of us, uh, Following that democratic flow of coming out during presidential years and go to sleep the other four, we we got to stop doing that. So what we're going to be start doing, we we're going to start uh, having uh, election events year round, yearly, and we're going to try to you know educate folks into voting more locally and so forth and so on. So that's the kind of things I think we need to be uh, focused on because all the other stuff we're talking about, education. Okay, what you talking about? If you don't, if we don't have the ability to put the right souls in those seats, then the decisions we need made will not be made. It will not be made. And so, uh, uh, but, but, but luckily for us, right now is that moment, right now is that time that we talked about on this show a bunch of times. Well, well, this is it. We got we, we got two more elections to hold on to America. Uh, America's been to change. Uh, what matter of fact, it's already changed. But, it, but it's not so. So uh, this is it, y'all. And uh, we got to uh, make sure that folks know that this is an urgent moment. If you like going to the club, you need to go vote. If you like going to the boat, you need to go vote. You know, whatever you like doing, you need to go vote because you have less of it if these people get in charge, the Taliban Republicans. So uh, take it seriously. You know, this, this, and so I'm okay, saying, well, don't I want to brag on Smith County Democrats, because here's what we do. After election, we go out there looking for who we want to run for the next election time so that we can try to fill up these seats. And so Smith County has been on the ball, and I... Uh, Dr. Nancy Nichols has led the, the fight along with we have a new county chair now, the Hector, Hector Garza. But uh, tomorrow night, I want to make that quick announcement, September the 13th, uh, from 7 until 8 o'clock, we'll be registering people. We have a, um, a monthly meeting. We have that, that they're always on top. We never stop our meetings throughout the years. And that we have our fundraisers. We look for people uh, to educate them. We look for people to become deputized, to register people to vote. And, and remember this, registration deadlines in person at your local election office, October the 11th. That's the deadline. And you've got to be postmarked by October the 11th in order for you to get uh, to get to have the opportunity to vote. Absentee ballot deadlines, if you want to request one, October the 28th. And you got to return that postmark by November the 8th. And so we're down to the wire now, like Mr. Arthur says. 
and it's a very, very, very important election. It's probably one of the most important elections that we will ever, ever have and see in our lifetime. Because as Ms. Arthur says, there's a lot of changes that are being made. So get involved if you're not. We encourage you to get involved because your, your, your children's lives, their education, all of our lives, your parents, your grandparents, everybody's lives depends upon us having the right people in office to make sure that we work for the greater good of all mankind. Thank you so much, Mr. Chris. It's been amazing to have you. We thank Pastor Cooper for inviting you to Always come to join us tonight. And you have to know our, door, our doors are wide open at uh, Marvelous Monday. You can join us at any time and come and educate <laughs> us and re-educate us and make sure that our children are well cared for by the Texas Absolutely. Education Association. All right. Absolutely. Any final comments? Anybody? Everybody? Everybody's good? No, we're good. It's good. Okay. Don't forget September right. 20th. September 20th is National Voters Registration Day. We're, uh, we're registering five high schools in this area, Beaumont, Texas, to get those 18-year-olds registered to vote. Amen, amen, amen. 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 That is encumbered up on us to go out there and get those young. And you know what? It's a law. Everybody needs to know it is a law. Those principals and educators should be getting those young students registered to vote. And one day we'll have a holiday for Mm-hmm. Voting so that everybody gets to the polls and votes. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Dr. Haggerty. Thank, Thank you, Dr. Cooper. Thank you, Mr. Arthur. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward to the next time. We'll see you on Thursday for a view from the top. Today's show is being Thank brought to you by Taste of North Delight Restaurant located at 403 West Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard right here in the great city of Tyler, Texas. So have a great rest of the evening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now, and we'll turn it over to Ms. Rihanna. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won. We will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no, glory, glory, oh, glory, glory, hands to the heavens, no man, no weapon. Formed against, yes, glory is destined. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, his spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure.
for every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day when the glory comes 